Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz on the Improviser's Guide Network. Now is the time. Forever? Hashtag always MGM. Old, old, old. The secret staircase. We always do that. You are approaching the unloading area. Behold the majesty of the Sistine Seal. For the kids. A salute to all theme parks, but mostly Walt Disney. Ha! What a cute ending. Aloha and welcome aboard. This is Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. I am Jen. Hello. Frank is not here again, and please keep listening even though he's not here because we still have a great show for you. And I have awesome special guests with me to my left. You've heard him before, my baby daddy, the love of my life, Mr. Snydillo. Welcome back. I feel welcome. This is very nice to be here. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. And we have another special guest never before heard on this podcast. Uh but a good friend of our fact checker, Mel Dale, a co-worker and friend. Yeah, we're buds. Mr. I'm just saying, yeah. you, know, I, you know, we'll get into fact checker, Mel Dale, and Dana's right. history a little yeah. bit, you know. But um, all three of you are co-workers at a place. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, welcome. How long did you wait for your intro? Welcome, and thank you for being here. This is so amazing. <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm on Theme Park Thursdays with Dillo's Diz. This is crazy. I I have to admit, I am missing Frank. Yeah. Um, You're the so, only one, so. That's I, I'm okay. trying to, like, work my way into maybe another appearance where I get to meet Frank. Yeah. Maybe that's what this is all about. I think it'll happen. Whew, this is it's really crazy. amazing for me. Okay, I got to get over my nerves. Woo. Oh, that's a Okay. It's got nerves. I mean, who are we? I know. You know who? I, the only person with nerves here is Frank for not being here today. He's That's got. Right. He's got all the nerve. He's got, he's got all the nerves for not being right. here. Right. Right. Daniel, can you tell us some history as to how you and fact checker Mel Dale know each other? Please only speak in facts, or else he will have to check you on the social media. But then maybe he'll actually show up to well, the podcast. Might, or maybe he'll show up to a recording. Up on the social media. Wow. Well, you know. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to speak in fact because I only speak in hyperbole. Mm. <laughs> it was the most amazing summer. Oh, Before I was getting ready to wed the woman who would become my wife into my place of work walks the new employee, the storied Mel Dale. Wow. Already known for his fact checking before he set foot into my place of work. Right. And this is your previous place of work, not where all three Not where we're currently yeah. yeah. We've act, like Mel Dale and I have now had two different jobs working together. Nice. Which nice. I think is a good sign. That is a good sign. And did you kick it off immediately because of all his facts? Yeah, it was kind of crazy how that happened. I, we just happened to strike up a conversation. It's one of those conversations that just keeps going, going, going. And then you reveal all these kind of crazy things um, that you didn't know you had in common. Right. Yeah, right. it was, it was, it was kismet. I mean, I do have to say, I know this is a podcast and people can't see you, but your background and Mel's background, similar. 
you have a shelf with some toys. Yeah, to clarify, you're talking about actual, like, what's behind him, Correct. not, like, background. Not your background, right? right? Not your life history, but right. your background that I'm literally seeing on this video conference here. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what do you got going on back there? So most of my... So we know that Fact Checker Mel Dale, if it's been discussed, it really matches up with, I think, the topic of our show today. Mm -hmm. um, he sticks with the... Um, I think it's like three and three quarter inch classic Star Wars action figures. Mm -hmm. I am kind of, you know, a size whore okay. and I go for the six inch figures okay. and I stick with Marvel movie for the most part figures. Okay. Then I also have some, some comic. There, mm -hmm. Yeah. I have some San Diego comic con exclusives, which kind of run the gamut of anime, comic book, movie. Favorite. Um, kind of, <laughs> As as a whole, I think I'm really fond of my Wakandans. Mm. Yeah, I've got a full contingent of Wakandans back there. I love it all. I love it all, too. I think he's got a great setup there. And I agree with that. Right. It's, we have nothing going on behind us. Well, we have our Thinkamajig sign right We do have here. the Thinkamajig sign. And also the poster that shows uh, all the uh, cars from Back to the Future. Correct. That's... In order of appearance. But yeah. who knew there were so many cars in Back to the Future to make okay. a whole poster? In order, in order of appearance, start to finish. Perhaps I'll take a picture of that and put it on Instagram so everyone can see. You should After do that because I totally ripped that, that picture off the internet. Yeah. Um, I'm, willing, I'm willing to wager that the most, like the, the most saturated movie with cars that are represented is Back to the Future 2. You've got... Yes, the Mustang. Yeah, past cars, future cars, past flying cars, cars the, the police car. That was my favorite kind of design from back to the police car, the hovering police car. The hovering police car was cool. It was cool. I liked the Mustang my, my, was my favorite because it, they, they tried the least with that. They just put plastic over the wheels, and they were like, look, it's a future car. Perfect. But, um, but you know, that, that ties into Theme Park Thursday because there used to be a ride at Universal Studios, which is a theme park of Back to the Future, but it's not there anymore. But it was a great experience. And we anyway. are theme park Thursday. It's, yeah. it's there all are other parks, all theme parks. Daniel, tell us your Disney background. How big of a Disney fan are you? Um, I consider myself a pretty good, just like above average. I am. I wouldn't put myself on the level of Dillo's Diz in fandom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I cannot aspire to that level of intimate knowledge of the workings of you know disney media representation and theme parks i'm just not at that level but i do love it mm -hmm. so much because it's provided me so much personal happiness and then being able to share it with my family has been an amazing experience as well i love it and are you more of a land guy than a world guy since you're on the west coast yep it's just it's the way it, it happened i uh, born and raised in southern california so Disneyland was always there. My mom took us to Disneyland so much when we were little that she's now kind of, she's completely over it. By the time we were teenagers, she's like, I'm done. I'm not ever going to Disneyland ever again. So we went there a pretty good amount and it was really fun. I, as a small child, I was able to probably get to Walt Disney World maybe two times between the ages of like five and 12, let's say. I went to Walt Disney World twice. Mm -hmm. um, my honeymoon, we we did Walt Disney World and Universal for my honeymoon, so that was super fun. Awesome. And then I recently got a chance to go back to Walt Disney World again last year. I love it. I mean, it, it seems like you got a plethora of trips there. 
yeah, I feel really, really lucky for the opportunities that I've had because Walt Disney World is just, I don't, I don't like to compare the two Disneyland and Walt Disney World because I think they're just two completely different animals. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney World is literally that. It is, it's a huge world of like all these different, you know, experiences and environments. It's just completely different. It's so much fun. I like it. Well, we wanted to have you on today because you did something a lot of people have been talking about doing. Frank absolutely wants to do it. Sometimes he acts like he won't, but he's going to do it. I don't know when because he's going soon in like a little over a month. I'm not jealous. And, but many people have talked about doing it. You have done it. You visited Galaxy's Edge and you got yourself a lightsaber. I did. Yeah. Yeah, the Sabi's experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, say, saying it with you, saying that I went, it's, I'm beside myself. Because I can't, yeah. I almost can't believe that I had the opportunity to do it. So did you, um, I know fact checker Mel Dale, as a fact, he has been to Galaxy's Edge now twice. Even though when he came on to talk to us, he was like, oh, I might not be back for a few months. He's already been back. Now, did you go both times with Mel or just the second time? Just the second time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And that yeah. was when you built the lightsaber. That's when we visited Galaxy's Edge, and that's when I built the live visited Savvy's workshop. He's a purveyor of fine scrap metal from all across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And yes, because we are, we're on a coded channel, he works with the gatherers who find ancient Jedi relics, so you can construct your own lightsaber. It's pretty awesome. I kind of, I've seen some videos out there here and there, and when we had Mel on, we were talking a lot about the immersive experience that is Galaxy's Edge. Do you think while you were in Savvy's, is that carried over well in there as well as you're going through the building process, or did you feel there was a slight disconnect and more of a store you know regular cast member feel oh no it's it's kind of insane like how well they do everything with this Mm -hmm. um i listened to i'm a listener of dillo's diz so that's part of the reason why i have you know i'm a little nervous meeting like the dillo's behind dillo's diz is kind of crazy for me um i'm a listener i listened to the episode where fact checker Mel Dale was on and talked about his experience. And as I was listening to him describe the immersive qualities and how there was something there for every one of the five senses, I was scoffing at that. I was really, come on, like you are just kind of like buying into, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you're just, you know, talking about flights of fancy. There's no way that it's actually that magical. And then I was there and I felt exactly the same way he was, he was, he described his feelings were. It was, you drank the blue milk. Is I drank. Well. I I literally drank blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you, were you a Star Wars fan growing up? Are you at at Mel's level when it comes to Star Wars? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much on the same level as as being into Star Wars as Mel on that level. Okay. Yeah, I grew up with Star Wars. I, it's kind of strange. There is no point in my memory where I have um, a recollection of learning the information that. Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> probably should put that up first. Yeah, four. Whoops. That was some, that's like knowledge I've always had. It, right. It's something I've always known. It's been a part of me for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, it's been a part of, like a big part of all of like my kind of like fantasy kind of dreams of having adventures, Star Wars factors big time into that. Yeah. So 
did you know when, I mean, I don't know if you had a specific plan when you were going to go to Galaxy's Edge, but did you know you wanted to go through the Savvy's Workshop experience? I probably had about 12 to 18 hours of notice that I had an opportunity to go to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So when that happens, all of the kind of hopes just kind of come flooding and realizing that this might, this might actually happen when before my viewpoint had been, yeah, at some point, maybe in a year or so, maybe I'll get around to getting to Galaxy's Edge. Right. All of the different, you know, information coming out of the press about Galaxy's Edge talked about the different experiences and all, it's, you always talk about the price tags and this $200 experience where you get this souvenir mm -hmm. and debating whether or not the souvenir itself is worth the price tag. Right. That also factored into my general attitude of, that sounds like a cool thing, and maybe if there's a spe very special occasion, maybe I might try to do this. And then now I have the opportunity, and now I'm really seriously thinking about, this can happen for me, do I want to do this or not? Mm -hmm. And then I searched the internet, and I saw videos of the experience. And that completely changed my mind, and that became priority number one. Yeah was being able to engage in that same experience. And then maybe judging whether or not the experience was changed or lessened by me already being exposed to it through video. I wanted to kind of have that, that um, exercise and see if it was really that good or how it would be for me. Mm -hmm. Because the video of the experience was really inspiring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, we formulated the plan and with the expert help fact checker Mel Dale, we were able to secure that experience. That's amazing. And, and imagine the pressure you must feel right now, because I'm sure there are thousands, millions even, of listeners tuning into this, <laughs> listening to you right now, thinking the same thing you thought before, and maybe they had have an opportunity to go soon, and they might be going like, I'm not going to spend $200 on an experience after already paying for admission. And what, Blue Milk's $8? That's crazy. So to do all of those things. And there's green milk too, right? Is that also $8 there's or is milk. that less? I didn't get, this was probably the same amount. I purchased green milk in Oga's Cantina as a part of like a special drink right. where you get this cool little cookie that goes oh. with the blue milk. And it was, oh. it, the blue milk is, is interesting. Mm -hmm. The cookie was really tasty. All right. Well, speaking of tasty, I think this experience you're about to take us through could alter people's experiences as they get to Galaxy Edge. They may be thinking, well, I get to Galaxy Edge, I'm not going to go to Savvy's. But then listening to you say this right now might make them want to spend this money. No pressure. Right. No pressure. So walk us through, if you could walk us through what happened, that would be. So right. here's the thing. Um, I am probably less apt to walk through step-by-step step the exact experience because I, if people want to know those things, there's so much content out there where mm -hmm. so many people have recorded themselves going through the experience. People can look up one of multiple videos to see what it's like inside there. Mm -hmm. um, what I would really like to be is an advocate for kind of breaking down the cynicism of um, people thinking that Disney is just trying out to get money or letting people know that if you're trying to make this decision, Disney is doing really good business and they are really making a really strong case for the value of this experience. 
with wow. effort that they put into it. I like your take. I like it very much. So mm -hmm. that's a way better take than what I was going. Um, first of all, you've already heard about Galaxy's Edge at detail, and its immersive quality. And I am just going to second that examination. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. Backing up Backtracker Meldale. Backing up Backtracker Meldale completely. Then. It, I, I feel like people have, there's different types of people, and these kind of experiences mean different things to different people. So if you are someone who is into objects, if you are a person who's looking for the perfect souvenir or like the perfect token that's going to help you remember an experience, the lightsaber experience takes this, they, they understand those people and they built something and created something that amazingly satisfies those people. There's so many different dimensions to it. It's the fact that you're doing this thing inside this whole immersive world, and this experience fits in with the story that's being told, where um, Black Spire Outpost has a strong contingent of the First Order, and the rise of the Resistance needs you know, our help, but we still have to be you know, kind of quiet about it so that we don't raise suspicion that's carried out throughout the entire experience whether you are waiting in line for some scrap metal i'm doing <laughs> air quotes, air quotes happening. Mm -hmm. um when you return for your reservation you know being able to wait around while you're going to be let into the experience having the gatherers kind of speak to you about the goings-on at, at Black Spire Outpost. I got a lot of really juicy info about Oga, the okay. proprietor of Oga's Cantina. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Can I share any of that with us? Yeah, any exclusives. Right. Um, Exclusive interview. Uh, the long and short of it is you don't want to get on Oga's bad side. Mm -hmm. And even if you are in a romantic relationship with Oga, he, that doesn't like curry you any favor with her if you get her mad. Mm. Interesting. So just you just always want to make sure that Oga is happy with what, whatever you're doing. That's a good tip. You heard it here first. Um, theme park there's the oasis. Don't upset Oga. Don't do it. Um. So what they do in the experience is tie. You know almost all of the continuity and lore of the lightsaber, the weapon of the Jedi, and the Sith to your personal experience in the land. And it's almost, it's like, it's breaking that fourth wall almost. Like you are becoming a part of the story because you're stepping into this presentation and then you're walking out with this object with that, which has so much meaning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea and purpose feels like it was built into every single step. So the, the talent who um, are filling the roles of the gatherers, the lead gatherer who is conducting the show, because inside the experience, you're, you're getting a very, very small, intimate show, which is telling the story of the lightsaber. Then you go through the creation process where you're presented with the, the different pieces, where you get to make choices about the pieces you're using. Um, touching these things in the construction of the pieces, they are so substantial and feel just so accurate and real. And also just like the, like the ease of 
of putting them together. So much thought was put into it. And then once it's created, the pains that they take to kind of move across the kind of cheesy idea of somehow you've got this hilt of a lightsaber and then it needs to have a blade and the blades aren't real so they're going to stick a plastic thing in the end of it so that it lights up the way that they do that is also very artful to get around that kind of like clunky moment in the whole experience is amazing and then it's like for me not being familiar with like the way these toys work like for me i have never really been interested in owning a prop replica of a lightsaber those have been around for so long you can yeah. purchase you know, Luke's lightsaber from either Star Wars or Return of the Jedi or Obi-Wan's lightsaber. You can buy all those things. I was never really interested in buying a prop replica of like someone else's lightsaber. But the fact that you can choose from pieces and create your own Mm -hmm. as like the stories tell us that Jedi, Jedi do, that was definitely something I wanted to do. So once you have this object, the just the way the the technology of the toy reveals more and more secrets as you're messing with it. So the fact like they've gone so much as to create sound effects. Oh, wow. We're looking at it right now, guys, guys, we're seeing it. It's there. It's in front of us right now. And you know, with, with there's, there's no blade in there. So if you turn the switch on, it doesn't make the the blade noises. It makes a little short out noise. Oh. It's not working right now. That's very cool. <laughs> so there's those details. The fact that when you... Ooh, I haven't seen the blade. Oh, when man. you connect or disconnect it, it has a sound effect for that. Oh, yeah. Um, the core inside does contain a kyber crystal that you select while you are doing the experience. And you can select from four colors. And when you place the kyber crystal into the core, it makes the core make a little like a humming, singing noise. So you know that you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's be awesome. And then something that I didn't even realize until later on is that the color of the crystal does control the color of the blade. Wow using technology which i thought would be more than they care to spend on something like this but they've chosen to create you know kind of almost spare no expense to build that experience into this object that's going to stay with you and kind of keep that magic with you as long as you have this thing i just have to say i um as you started talking about this, you started looking to the side lovingly at something. Right. And I was like, is something happening? I thought it was here? one of your children. Did a child come into right. the room? Are you making sure? No, it's it's what you had. It's what yeah. you had on your desk that you were just looking at as you were yeah. describing the experience. I think we may have to release this video because I, I enjoyed um, the, reveal the reveal of the lightsaber was really built up and yes. I'm it paid off, it right. paid off very well. Uh, and you mentioned that the pieces, the way you put them together just feel very real, right? So when you're 
when you're looking through the, and not to give too much away for everyone, but when you're going, because I, I have seen videos of it where they like, they give you like the tray and on the tray, there's like the different pieces you could choose from and how they snap in together. Like, I guess following, if, if Frank was here, I imagine he would want to understand how these things feel. Um, so yeah. maybe, I, I know in talking to you previously about this, uh, you mentioned like the weight of it and how it feels, you know, very metallic and, and all the different components of it feel very real. Like, I guess, what is, what is, what is that realism of it? Like, yeah, it has to do with the detail. So first of all, yeah, the materials, it's all of the external pieces are made of metal, heavy, thick kind of gauge. I, I'm sure it's like aluminum mm -hmm. and it's, it's composed of eight pieces, the hilt, not including the blade. So there's the little crystal inside the core housing, and the core housing is plastic because it's, it's lightweight and easy to, to work with. Mm -hmm. um, the core housing is going to contain um, all the electronics needed to make the whole thing work, to connect to the LEDs and the blade, and also it contains the speaker, and it contains the area for batteries, and then it's a place where you insert the crystal. What you connect to the, crystal, to the housing is the switch plate. The switch plate's in two pieces. Then you have the handles that go above and below the switch plate. You have an emitter on the blade end and then a pommel or an end cap on the opposite end. Wow. So for each one of those pieces, you have two different choices to customize. So it really becomes yours. Like you are making all these choices and the handle pieces for their positioning, whether above the switch plate or below, that's interchangeable. So can you tell us why you chose the pieces you did? It was, a, so I like to think of myself as an artist mm -hmm. and I chose the pieces that I thought looked really beautiful together and in their positioning. Because for me personally, I would never I would never take the piece that is the bottom handle and put it above. Right. This feels like it belongs in this area of the lightsaber. So that's why I selected that piece. Um, the two choices for the end cap, this one really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. Just the way it was designed, the way it looks. Um, the detail in these pieces is awesome because there are some parts of it that are detailed like with paint, but then like these like you guys can see the places where it's black, this is actually like rubber coating that's inlaid. Into oh, it's like rubber. Here. I was wondering what it looked yeah, like. They're actual rubber pieces. So there's different materials built into it. So all of that differentiation and the multiple deep, like uh, materials and things that go into it, that just right. increases the amount of realism and detail. Well, it's all scrap, right? It's all scrap. It's all scrap. From across the galaxy, relics from across the galaxy right. that are gathered here for us. So we can begin our journey. Begin for a nominal fee. Yeah. Right. Was there anything you could have added or more you could have done but chose not to? Um, only additional things. Yeah. So the one additional thing I did get was a belt clip. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I could clip my hilt and you know yeah. carry my lightsaber around. How you gonna drink, who's not going to do that? How are you going to drink your blue milk and hold your lightsaber? Right. You, can't, you can't do that. Right. Well, yeah. What are we, animals? Yeah, seriously. Right. Right. 
Um, what I do wish that I had gotten that I did not understand the like the significance of was multiple kyber crystals because I assumed that the kyber crystal could not change the color of the LEDs in the blade because at fa on face value because of the way it's constructed there's nothing that like outwardly screams at you oh that changing the crystal will change the color of the blade until I read the label on the saber sheet that they give you when you leave that it literally says just that. Different color kyber crystals can change lightsaber blade color. Wow. Can you show us that sheet you got there? What is yeah. so that that comes with the lightsaber? It does. So after you wow, construct your lightsaber and you go through your entire experience, mm -hmm. the lead gatherer is talking to you about how significant your newly constructed lightsaber is and they let you know that this is ultimate power in the galaxy and ultimate power in the galaxy should not be dropped on the ground yeah, it should not that. and so they provide you with a saber sheath wow now i'm jen will tell you throughout our history together i've always been a sucker for a good case if something comes in a really good sure. case i get very excited about it so fact. yes um no could probably fact check it he could fact check yeah. that because he's seen me get very excited yeah. about cases sometimes i'm more excited about the case that something comes in than the actual thing that's true which just made me realize that why the five-year-old might be so into like eggs opening up and stuff right. like that but um <laughs> but I, when i heard that this comes with a case for you to carry it in i got very excited but are you saying that's an extra fee or that comes with it no this comes with it Oh, wow. yeah, as you as you exit the experience, you, mm -hmm. everyone is presented with a saber sheath, and it, it it builds into the story. You you don't want to be walking around with the first order patrolling, brandishing a lightsaber. It could get you the wrong kind of attention. Right, and the first order has not figured out that that case these people carrying around these cases have lightsabers in them. They no, it's it's just you know the the scrap metal that they you know purchased from from the workshop. Right, it's kind of like you know there was like a class during the first order training where like they taught all the stormtroopers about everything they need to know except identifying mysterious cases and how to aim right right never exactly. they never were able then they just never caught on to those two things yeah i mean the way i see it is that the turnover when it comes to stormtroopers is super high so that training course needs to be really quick they need to like pump those stormtroopers out of training really fast because right. they're just going to be, you know, kind of shot or exploded or, you know. Right, that's a good point. Right, I bet you Finn's story is not really the only, that's just the one they captured, but that probably happens all the time. Yeah. You know, they just decide, I'm out of here. Yeah. Anyway, we're I digressing from Sabi's. The point <laughs> is, see, you talking about this is making us immersed into the experience as a whole, really. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, it, I, you know, the millions of listeners, if you have the opportunity and you're kind of on the fence because here's the thing, it's like, in a way, once you get there, it's going to be very hard to follow through on that decision if you make the decision while you're there. I feel like because of the volume at the moment, mm -hmm. um, you should make the decision before you go. And I would like to be that kind of nudge over the edge to say, go for it, because it's an amazingly rewarding and special experience. Normally, it would be asked of Factor from Eldale to make sure this was an actual fact. Um, but I'm going to spit off some things that I think are facts, and you're going to tell me if I'm, I'm wrong here, if that's all right. Okay, here we go. All right. So the first thing is I, I believe there's 14 people 
there's 14 spots in Savi's, right? Yes. For, okay. That's so bad. while there's 14 spots and the actual experience takes about a half an hour, is that, is that so right? 20 minutes. Yeah. About 20 minutes. Okay. See, he's mm-hmm. a really good factor. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys might be able to use him when okay. Mel's not, because okay, Mel never, fact checker Mel Bale sometimes right. doesn't show sometimes up. Sometimes he does not check our facts. Right. And yeah. Daniel was early. That's true. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'll, um, so there's, there's 14 spots, right? And there's, uh, it takes 20 minutes. Now they don't have the four hour windows anymore. Right. Right. But during that four hour window, you went when there was a four hour window. I did. Yeah, so before it was open to the general There's only so many slots you could have gotten. How did you, with 12 hours notice, how did you possibly get a seat during your four-hour time slot? Uh, it was two, I, I, I attribute this to two factors. One, the fact that because I grew up in Southern California, I have a long history and experience with San Diego Comic-Con, which teaches you that if you want to do the thing, you get in the line early and you do the thing. <laughs> so I, I had that kind of mentality already going in. And then also the second thing is the experience and kind of professional device of Fact Checker Mel Dale. Um, he already knew the area, so he knew where to go, first of all. Second of all, he knew the fact of where it, where it was. He knew those facts. Wow. He knew the fact of where the location was. He also knew the fact about the, the way that Disney is bringing people into the land is also very choreographed, which would take you away from this if this is what you wanted to do. So he knew exactly where to, where to divert. He also knew the fact that I would be distracted by everything I saw so that he assured me that we would be able to see everything I wanted to see. And if I really wanted to do this, I just needed to follow him. Right. He said, follow your dreams. Yes. Right. Can he help you? You can dream it. You can do it. Right. So the expertise of fact checker Mel Dale, mm-hmm. as well as me kind of understanding the mentality of if I want to do the thing, you just right. got to get in the line and get in line early. So three things you need. You need the drive to want to do it, right? Yeah. You need fact checker Mel Dale to get you there. <laughs> yeah. And you need $200. I think they, uh, as far as facts go, you've got two out of the three correct. What's the one I got wrong? They realize that Mel Dale is not going to be with everybody. Right. So now that it's open to the public, you can get reservations online. Oh, because now there's not a four-hour limit. So now you can just... Right. Oh, that's very interesting. Right. So... A fast pass type fast pass. way. Right. You go to the website or I think inside the app, mm-hmm. you can... You, for that day, Yeah. at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you log on and get a, um, a reservation slot for Savvy's workshop. Wow. Do you think, do you know if they leave any spots open or is it only reservation only? I point? honestly don't know. I don't yeah. know how they're working. That'd that. be something. Uh, Fact Tracker Maldell is out there. Yeah. Maybe he could Maybe answer that. He probably knows that. that right. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just Google. Or you could just Google. That. You'll yeah. probably add, a, add an addition to that. That's, that's very interesting. Um, you mentioned that there was a couple extra add-ons that you could get, yeah. right? But don't you pay for the experience before you go in? Yes. So how do you pay for the upgrades? So the add-ons are all handled in um, an amazing shop. There's this great shopkeeper, Doc Ondar. Mm-hmm. He oh. has, yeah, he has things from across the galaxy you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. The Black Spire Outpost on Batuu. 
and some of those things are extra things for your lightsaber. And there's also a lot, there's this great market and there are a lot of, um, like a lot of gear outfitters. So you can get, you know, special gear belts and cloaks and things like that. Just kind of make the whole ensemble. All right. Together. So it's kind of outside of Sabi's is where the add-ons would be. So you can get like additional right. crystals and things like that at the other locations, at the other shops. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I like it. And then do you think, I mean, you're local, and not that I want to remove us from the magic here, but for those who are traveling from out of state, if they are leaving with this case, do you think they run into trouble with security or at the airport? Right. What um, I've read... Yeah. No, what I've read is that the size of the entire thing, like the blade is like 31 inches, and then you've got what, like another about 11, 12 inches in the hilt. Okay. That yeah. meets uh, TSA requirements for carry-on. But the device itself, a little suspicious? You know what, if I was working for TSA, I would be a little suspicious. Yeah, right. right. In, yeah. In, in my previous life, I worked at an airline. So sometimes these things come into mind where I feel like, it, it, you know, if it's going through, it's a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know, like, at MCO, mm -hmm. once they experience it, San Diego, SAN, not mm -hmm. MCO, but mm -hmm. right now SAN, if they're experiencing anyone trying to leave and if anyone has had it confiscated or can you just check it because I remember like back in the day you used to be able to like buy swords and all these things from mm -hmm. like Adventureland in Disney World and then I think they kind of pulled it back a little bit once security got tighter because no one was able to actually get it home right. and some people you know would send it home or whatever it had whatever they had to do so I'd be interested to know if um, there's any kind of yeah, if there are any TSA people listening to this podcast right now, if you could... I some people in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're... Maybe I can ask. Right, you got the in. Yeah. yeah. I would completely not be surprised if there is that individual whose first you know, introduction to Star Wars mm -hmm. was when they confiscated the lightsaber from the person who had visited Galaxy's Edge or like, what's a lightsaber? What are you talking right. about? Right. Yeah, because there's got to be those people who are like, uh, no, because they just don't get it. Yeah, that's the guy that keeps telling you to take your belt off. Yeah. It's that guy. Yeah, same one. Yeah. Or, um, you know, here's your tiny bottle of water. What's this doing in your backpack? Right, that guy doesn't know about lightsabers. Flight, so right. Get rid of that. Yeah, that guy doesn't know. In no way does Theme Park Thursday with Dillos does is is any way against the TSA. Absolutely. Let's just not. throw that out there. No. But sometimes they've made me miss a flight, and that made me unhappy. That made you unhappy. And it was all over, like, you know, the little, the little bottles of water. Yeah. It's because you, you do hoard the bottles of water from the airplane. No one does that. Cute. <laughs> no one does that. And you might you. get thirsty at some point. Yeah, it's like three sips of Dasani <laughs> that, are in our, that are in our Disney backpack for the, the week. The entire trip. <laughs> they've been out in the, in the heat, you know. They've yeah. been boiling at some point in right. the car. So then you're I saying that you I can't even drink them. Because you can't even drink them, but they are in our backpack as we're trying to catch the flight, <laughs> and they always. I moved everything. I thought it, I double checked. Oh, it's like stuck under the right. bottom. Never works yeah. out. Uh, 
this was an amazing story that I, yeah. I do have a follow-up question though, Dilitas, two follow-up Dilitas questions yeah. if I can. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I would like to think that Frank would ask these questions if he was here and I'm trying to do him justice. Okay. My first question, Daniel, um, were you wearing cargo shorts when you That's were there? I was not wearing cargo shorts. Oh, wow. No. I mean, were you wearing the, uh, what are the shorts that Mel talks about? What are those called? He, he, you know, he's very fashionable. That I, I, I'm aware of the shorts that he mentioned. I don't wear those. I, what I wear nowadays, there's this, I'm going to do a plug. Maybe, sure. maybe they'll kick Dillo's Diz some nice you know, residuals. Mm. Uh, there's a retailer, an online retailer called Public Rec. Mm -hmm. They make these really nice shorts. I think they call them like the all day, every day short. Mm. Um, it's a, like a spandex stretchy fabric, yeah. the elastic waistband, mm -hmm. and, a, and a drawstring that's inside the waistband to be hidden. And it even has a fake fly. Oh. So you can kind of look like, like you know, kind of, they're kind of like shining out, like uh, business, businessing you up, even though you're relaxing. And the um, fly's never down. Fly is never down. That's pretty never amazing. Because cargo it, shorts, I've I've tend to from time to time my fly has been down. Yep. Cargo it's a real it's a real fly, not a fake fly. Wow. Okay. Where the zippers are though are on the pockets. I was going to ask if it has any pockets in these. Yes, there's one one back pocket with no closure, and then two side pockets with full zipper closure, which mm -hmm. makes it perfect for theme parks because you put your stuff in there, you're on a ride, zip right. up your pocket, right. and everything mm -hmm. stays secure. Yeah. Are you saying there should be a battle between these all-day, everyday shorts and cargo shorts to see which shorts are the best shorts for a theme park? Is that something in my that should opinion, happen at some point? In my opinion, there's no battle. It's the all-day, everyday short all day. Wow, there's fighting words on theme park Thursday with Dillas does? I didn't. All right, we'll have to check on that situation. Um, or, and I'm sorry, what was the name of the, the company that makes all-day, everyday? Public Rec. If Public Rec wants to send Dillos Diz any of to these examples out. to see, because right now we're going to say that cargo shorts are way better. Yeah. We're just going to throw oh, that out there. Right. Millions of people listening, there are cargo shorts that are way better. Plus, also, I, my follow-up there, I mean, your, your all-day, everyday shorts might be able to accomplish this, but probably not to the extent that cargo shorts can. You mentioned that you did purchase an extra accessory for your lightsaber which was to connect your lightsaber to your pants your belt Correct. imagine if you had the space and functionality of cargo shorts where you could hold your lightsaber hilt in your pocket because there, there is room for that in cargo shorts so i'm just going to throw that out there that the cargo shorts could have saved you money at galaxy's edge but i'm not i don't want to hide the lightsaber hilt no. The purpose is having it hanging right there on your hip. Hmm. I mean, like it would that. still stick out. It would be out a little bit, but... A little bit. Anyway, I, all right, well, you, yeah, it's a fair argument, though. It's a fair argument. Okay, question number two oh. was, um, in being in Galaxy's Edge, I know you spent a lot of time trying to get into Savvy's. Uh, I know you went to Ogo's Cantina, which we didn't get a chance to talk to. But I, we talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, yeah. Went over to Smuggler's Run, um, yes. which, is, which is amazing. Uh, how did you feel about the amount of shade that was in Galaxy's Edge? Did you feel like there was a lot of sun beating on you the entire time, or did you feel like there were enough areas of ample shade for you to get away from the South, uh, the SoCal heat, so to speak? There is definitely enough shade mm -hmm. to keep you protected and out of the sun, though 
some strategic addition of shade would be great because while we were waiting for our savvy's reservation mm. that particular area the waiting area doesn't have expansive shade so if wow. there are a lot of people waiting you might be waiting out of the shade and depending this on is... the time of day there may be a lot of sun right in that area well, and Mel mentioned that in mm -hmm. um, the live broadcast we had with him. Well, he didn't really mention much. He was very immersed. Our YouTube um, right. channel there. He was very immersed. Um, but he mentioned initially there was not much shade. That was like the right. first thing he said. But that was even before getting in. Yes. Right? Yeah. Now oh, you're mentioning. Oh, man, on the walk there, like the area where they, they keep you, there's no shade. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. You get it. So no shade when you on your way in. And then if you decide to partake in the Savi's workshop experience, you could be stuck in another area with no shade. Do you think that will hinder no. Frank's? No, you think he'll no. stay at, he'll go through being yeah. in no shade for a lightsaber, yeah. but not go through no shade for, for animals. animals. Correct. You heard it here, folks. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and he's heading there um, to well, Disney World's version of Galaxy's Edge at the end of August. Right, for the opening. For the opening. So we will see. Right. What kind of shade there is there? Right. Maybe they have. OSMGM, right. Is there any? Is there more shade? Then we'll have to do a comparison. I think. Do a, a comparison. shade comparison. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a really good idea. A shade comparison yeah. is that too much? Am I going too far there? Probably. Right. Right. Um, Daniel, perhaps you can take a trip over to Orlando. It's quick from San Diego. And if you could just compare the shade for us and report back, that would be great. We can't fly you there, so, you know, I wouldn't add your convenience. All right. But Delta Airlines is a great airline to use. And actually, it's not. JetBlue is the way better airline to go with. Now you're just multiple airlines. <laughs> just trying to get one to sponsor so they'll yeah, fly them out. You're I, I, I like JetBlue. JetBlue's fantastic. Obviously. Right. So uh, JetBlue Airways. Airways. Wow. I got that's how excited and passionate I am about JetBlue. If they wanted to fly Daniel out yeah. on an experience, um, we'd be happy to talk about that. Yeah. Maybe Frank will even show up for that. Yeah. I feel like it's something that your listeners really deserve. So we really need to do that. Mm -hmm. And video would have to be taken for youtube.com slash diz. So we see both sides. Yeah, just the idea of what's going to go on in Orlando sounds really awesome with the whole experience, you know, expanding past just the land, but also going to the resort. Yeah, that resort is going to be. Right. I think the resort's going to be pretty unobtainable, though. It seems unobtainable. I think there's only like, again, you can fact check me here. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure, but I think there's only like 60-something rooms. I don't think it's a very large hotel. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I think the, the starting price is around like $1,000 a night. Yeah. That's, I think I read that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Again, I could be wrong. Maldale, if you ever decide to show up mm -hmm. or you know, participate, you, you could right, if you want to fact check. But um, that, I, I feel like that will be a hard thing for most people to participate in. Mm -hmm. That'll take a while yeah. to get into that. But I think that immersive experience would that be, would be in, yeah next level yeah how do you not get the lightsaber how do you not go to sabi's during well, you that you have to do everything you have to do the whole thing yeah right pretty much all right daniel is there any parting words regarding your time and experience in galaxy's edge overall that you would like to say at this time 
Clearly not. Well, I guess well, that's it. All right, yeah. then. Yeah. I, think, I think I've said it all, folks. You did say it very well. Yeah. Very well. I actually, going into this, going into this conversation, I have been a staunch advocate for building a droid over yeah. Savi's. Mm -hmm. Now, while I have not heard any people experience the droid build, um, from what I've seen, it looks amazing. Although your experience and, and Mel talking about it, Patrick and Mel Dale, for those that don't know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, uh, it does sound very compelling. It sounds like it'd be hard to make the choice. You'd really have to decide right before you get in, um, you know, which route to take. I don't know, I don't know what to do. Do you have any interest in building a droid? Yeah, I have a lot of interest. That one's more for, I feel like the, the build a droid thing is more for the family. I feel like the uh, constructing your own lightsaber at Savvy's workshop is is really personal. You can, people can come with you who aren't building to kind of observe and you can share it with them that way. Um, but it real, those are two very different experiences as much as they kind of sound similar because you're both building souvenirs that are kind of custom souvenirs you can take with you. Nice. They're very different. Yeah, I get mm. that. I get it. Makes sense. So I think the sum up here is uh, if you're going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, mm -hmm. bring a lot of souvenir money mm -hmm. and bring a hat for the shape. <laughs> Those are great tips. Right. <laughs> They're really great tips. Um, but I think, you know, and we talk a lot about the ticket prices on here and all the pricing going up. And Frank will often make the comparison between going to see a Broadway show in Manhattan for three hours, you spend hundreds of dollars, and here is a full day. And, you know, I, I feel like if you are getting an experience, regardless of what it is, I mean, sure, some people can look at it and be like, oh, you built a lightsaber, you're spending that much money, what are you, crazy? No, it's, it depends on the person. And if that's important and it's part of the experience for them, everyone has their thing. I mean, I, one year for Mr. Sandalo's birthday, mm -hmm. we went to Vegas we did. and he drove some exotic cars around a track. Some people might be like, what was that like an hour? Who cares? It was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't in the car, but I think he would say. <laughs> right. You watched me. Right. right. But so I think everyone just has their thing, whether it's a Broadway show, whether it's Disney, whether it's just souvenirs, whether you're a collector of something. And I think for those looking on the outside, it's really easy to dismiss it all. But when you just talked about this experience and felt all the things you got to feel, all the feels, all the feels were there. And mm -hmm. I think for that, it's absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. Well said. Very well said. You're here. Well, you know, I kind of do this on a weekly basis, guys. You know, like the, they don't give this to non-professionals. I got, I got the, uh, the goosebumps a little bit. Oh, um, yeah? Well. I, was, I was transported back. I was just, you were speaking, and in my head there was a montage of me walking to Savvy's and mm. going inside and nice. going to the workshop. Right. Yeah, I like that. Uh -huh. That's really sweet. We did not mention that today is the 4th of July. It is the 4th of July. Yeah, and right. um, everyone is sort of scattered. Frank is already upstate. We, in New York, we kind of consider New York like five boroughs, Long Island, obviously. Upstate, 
It's just a little different. That's all. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. We're headed upstate ourselves mm. soon at uh, tomorrow. Or we're, it's Tuesday, so tomorrow. So we'll be up there for today, the 4th. Um, and so we're all a little scattered. We got Daniel in San Diego. You got some big fourth plans? This is going to be the first time that we kind of like do the whole stake out an area at a neighborhood uh, park to take the kids to see fireworks. Nice. Oh, that would be really That's fun. That's awesome. Yes. Fun. Well, uh, I Are guess we going to see fireworks? I, I don't think we will. I think we're going to be in the wilderness. No. But um, may the July the 4th be with you. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. Right. Um, we, on Saturday, will be in Oswego to see Frank become his alter ego, Lenny, at and the those. Renaissance Festival. I'm going to try to maybe do some, maybe some Instagram stories, maybe some Twitter lives. Probably nothing because the connection is horrible. But we'll see what I can get done. And kind of introduce the world. To the Sterling. To Sterling. And is it considered a theme park? No. It's a festival. It's a festival. Right. Mm. Not, it's not festivist. It's just a festival. Right. Right. But Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and coming on. And we'd love to have you back sometime. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a dream come true. Well, thanks, Daniel. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Deuces. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz, featuring Frank Cardillo and Jen Cardillo-Snyder. The theme was produced by Matt Harvey. The intro and the outro was performed by Lindsay Zerugian. The Dillo's Diz fact checker is Mel Dale. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Dillo's Diz. That's Dillo's with an S, Diz with a Z. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dillo's Diz, and you can throw us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dillo's Diz. Finally, you can go to Dillo'sDiz.com for throwbacks, archives, blogs, and more. Dillo'sDiz.com. We'll see you real soon, and that real soon is next week for Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. The Improviser's Guide Network 2019.